0: The the federal government, which is a primary source of uh, revenue for uh, research, doesn't like to fund brand new things. They really like to fund things that they know is going to work, which is a little bit of a conundrum, right? So how do you actually prove it? And you prove it with philanthropy. It's not just the impact on the community, it's the impact on research itself, so that we actually can get more funding to do more research once we prove principle.
1: Welcome to 20 Minute Health Talk. I'm your host, Rob Hoyle. One of the biggest factors in determining a person's health is the community in which they work, live and play. Healthcare systems like Northwell are investing in programs to address racial disparities in healthcare access and outcomes and equip communities with the resources they need to lead a healthy life. To get there, philanthropy also plays a critical role. Our guests today are each working toward that goal of health equity across all zip codes and will share their unique perspectives. We have Brian Lolly he is the Senior Vice, President and Chief Development Officer for Northwell Health leading its foundation Thanks, Rob. We have Dr. Mark Butler. He is an assistant investigator for the Center for Personalized Health at the Feinstein Institutes for Medical Research and is leading a study using smart prescription pill bottles to help address medication adherence and reduce cardiovascular disease in the black community. Thank you again for supporting the research. And finally, we have Emmett Conlin. He is the Senior Vice President and Group Head of U.S. Healthcare and Higher Education at TD Bank, which has funded Dr. Butler's clinical trial
2: Thank you, Rob, for having me on today. And what a pleasure it is to meet Brian and Mark.
1: Thank you, everybody, for joining us here on 20 Minute Health Talk. Brian Lally, tell us about your role and why philanthropy is so important in healthcare.
0: Well, uh, thanks, Robin. Um, my role is to lead the foundation, which is essentially the fundraising arm of Northwell Health. And uh, specifically to why uh, philanthropy, well, let me let me preface by saying uh, to my thanks on behalf of Northwell and frankly a broader community to TD Bank for the work that they are doing. It's not just here, by the way, it's a national initiative that they have underway and it's pretty spectacular. And I know we'll hear more about it. Uh, the nature of healthcare is such that uh, we run on a very, very thin margin. Uh, this is a nonprofit enterprise. And uh, very, very expensive. The capital costs to run a healthcare organization are enormous. So there are many, many, many things that we need and want to do. And certainly research is one of them. And, uh, and, and, and helping the communities that are underserved is another. And there's no funding for these. There's no appropriate funding. Without philanthropy, these things just, they wouldn't happen. So it's extraordinarily important to move the organization forward to the point at some point that we hope that these things do get funded. But without philanthropy, a lot of things just wouldn't happen. Yeah, and
1: I feel that way is a very also true mark in, 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 in research.
3: Absolutely. I think having the opportunity for external funding from philanthropy opens up so many new doors for research possibilities. And I think for, you know, we're going to be talking about my study, but um, this study and lots of other studies that are at the Feinstein Institutes couldn't really exist without those external funding sources.
1: Yes, yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your research into smart prescription bottles.
3: The particular study um, that uh, TD Bank has graciously funded here is looking at uh, the adherence to statin medications amongst individuals identifying as black or African American. And so the reason why we're doing this research is because there's a lot of information showing that statin medications institutes primary prevention. So if you provide someone with statin before they have a cardiovascular disease event, like a heart attack or a stroke or something along those lines, you can actually prevent the incidence of those events. Uh, so individuals prescribed statins with that primary prevention capacity can reduce the likelihood of negative outcomes. Now, this is great, uh, but uh, in general, medication adherence is low for most medications, but for statins, within the first year, about 60% of people who were using them uh, do not use them as prescribed within that first year. So there's a lot of opportunity for improvement for getting people to take their medications as prescribed. And the reason why we're focusing specifically on individuals identifying as black or African-American is because individuals who fall within that group have a greater risk of cardiovascular disease, greater risk of cardiovascular mortality than non-Hispanic whites, and perhaps most importantly, have lower rates of medication adherence than non-Hispanic whites. So what we wind up in a situation is where we have a greater burden of both mortality and cardiovascular disease amongst individuals identifying as Black or African-American, but reduced adherence to potentially life-saving medication therapy. So what we hope to address is by increasing medication adherence, we hope to bridge, at least partially, some of that disparity between non-Hispanic whites and Black or African-American individuals.
1: Emmett Conlon, what about Marks and the Fine Scenes research prompted TD Bank to provide a one hundred fifty thousand dollars grant in support?
2: At TD Bank, we're committed to giving back to the communities we serve, and we fulfill that commitment by leveraging our business, our philanthropy, and our human capital as levers of focus and impact. The the TD Ready commitment, where this grant came from, is our global corporate citizenship platform, and that guides our work in the local community by targeting community investments that fall under one of our four key drivers, which together help create a more inclusive and sustainable future for all. And one of those four drivers is better health. And the goal of that driver is to support incredible organizations like Northwell Health and their innovative programs, such as this one led by Mark, which focus on breaking down barriers to healthcare access and improving outcomes overall. You know and that's exactly what this grant is designed to do—to improve healthcare outcomes for the Black community by launching Mark's new research program and the first clinical trial to determine the best interventions to reduce cardiovascular disease. And you know, really, that's a long way of saying it was really just a perfect match and, and fit into you know our vision um, that matched up perfectly with Mark's
1: awesome you know we're talking about a, a prime example of philanthropy opening doors for research focused on historically underserved and undertreated population's a question for Brian and Emmett uh, what lessons have you learned about how to make an impact through investment
0: uh, well I'll, I'll take uh, the lead I'm, I'm sure Emmett will reflect on this as well but certainly from my experience you um, it's a continuation of lessons learned, which is, as I said earlier, without the without the funding that we can get, we couldn't can't get from the health system, philanthropy has to fill in. And the the uh, a lesson learned is when you fund something along the lines of of Mark's project, uh, you actually can create a bright future. So without the funding, no research. When the research happens, assuming this does prove to be effective, it becomes practice then. And then it does get funded. And then it turns out that lots and lots of people's lives get saved. That is an impact of philanthropy. And I think that, you know, they call it a lesson learned, but for people who want to make a difference, investing in an organization like Northwell has a huge impact that goes beyond just a dollar in. It's a much bigger opportunity than that. It's a ripple effect. <laughs> it is a ripple effect.
2: And what I would add is um, I well, I think I working with my colleagues, I've definitely learned that it, it, it's all about the approach. And what makes TD really unique is how the bank approaches community giving. You know, the focus of our corporate citizenship program is to be intimately connected to the communities we serve. And you know, we do that by working with organizations like Northwell and people like Mark, who are on the ground and deeply rooted in those communities. And, you know those strong relationships really help the bank identify the most pressing issues and best ways we can help drive positive change you know with reference to this grant specifically we know cardiovascular disease does not impact all communities equally as mentioned earlier you know and we hope that through this investment we can really help identify ways to support Mark in his efforts to you know break down barriers to care address inequities and improve overall healthcare outcomes for vulnerable populations
1: Yeah. Mark, how does identifying a funding source factor into designing a trial like this?
3: I think greatly. I think that um, every funding source has their particular goals and priorities. So whether it be NIH or TD Bank, I think it's about finding that, you know, nice overlap in the Venn diagram between their research interests and your research interests. And I think when people are, when both groups are really well aligned, it allows things to, to flow more smoothly. And I think, um, you know, in terms of um, design for philanthropy as opposed to design for, say, government funding, um, at least in my limited experience, um, it seems that we're working with the philanthropy sources allow the design to be a little more agile, a little more nimble. Um, so for the process of this particular project, I, you know, the Northwell and TD representatives communicated over a period of several weeks. And at the end of that period, we had identified a study that we were both aligned with and both were willing to move forward with. I think if you have other sources of funding, there can be a longer, a bit more rigorous, but also slow process. And there are trade-offs and benefits. But what I've really enjoyed in this process is you're able to move ahead quickly, identify something that we both found interesting, and then just engage in it.
0: Yeah, I think just to leverage on that and also what Emmett said, you know, philanthropy—a uh, piece of this is about relationships. So, you know, TD Bank has been a great partner over the years, and and has become a better partner. And I think that's also on our end. So we're delivering for them or to them what they want to accomplish in the community. And I think that's a, that's the important thing for, from our as a relationship. And then specific to what Emmett said, and I can tell you this from long experience that the, the federal government, which is a primary source of uh, revenue for uh, research, doesn't like to fund brand new things. They really like to fund things that they know it's going to work, which is a little bit of a conundrum, right? So how do you actually prove it? And you prove it with philanthropy. So, you know, when we talked about that opportunity to the ripple effect, it's not just the impact on the community, it's the impact on research itself so that we actually can get more funding to do more research once we prove principle. Yeah. And what
1: would be your advice to other health care systems who are trying to address, you know, these these racial
0: disparities? Well, first off, don't talk to TD Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, No, I, I look, I think it's the same thing. Right. It's 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 relationships. The fact that there are underserved communities is not news. Right. It's it's I mean, these communities have been underserved forever. And, you know, what happened in the, in the context of COVID is all of a sudden there's just been huge, huge awakening. And, you know, Northwell has been, been doing this and been dealing with this for a very, very long time. Uh, We're actually coalescing now in the context of COVID and really putting a lot more energy into that space. And I think it's a good idea for others to do the same thing. This is not a, this is not a simple problem that will get solved in New York or the New York metro area. This is a national problem, which by the way is, is an interesting thing, too, um, from the TD's perspective, I think, and certainly ours, which is, you know, this is a, a, a in the scale of, of the scheme of big things, this modest project that actually can have impact across the United States of America, which is kind of a big deal when you think about it. And it's kind of cool for you know, $150,000, you can change lives in California. So uh, I'd encourage folks to push into the same space we are.
1: Yeah, I think, um, uh, Dr. Butler, what is interesting, too, is that when you do a research project like this, whatever the outcome is, it raises awareness. I don't think a lot of people knew how how bad, like, you know, people following medication, how much of a problem that could be and how what an impact it could be on people's health and communities.
3: And I think, you know, so both piggybacking off of that and piggybacking off of Brian's point in terms of of new and innovative strategies in the federal government, not liking to fund new and entirely innovative things, I think TD has been very generous because we're doing a bunch of different things here. And I think that regardless of the outcome of the trial, the information we collect will be very important because we have a virtual behavioral intervention for individuals on medications. We have a smart pill bottle. And then we have focus group testing before and satisfaction surveys afterwards to incorporate basically The idea of how people feel about the trial before it occurs and then how to feel about it afterwards. Um, And uh, oh, yes, the smart pill bottle. I would love to hear about that. So we, in this current trial, we have a very cool thing um, where um, traditionally medication adherence is measured in a bunch of different ways. Self-report is one where if I ask you, did you take your medication? Um, Odds are, if I'm your doctor, you're going to lie to me because I told Mm -hmm. you to take it and you didn't. So um, that is not the best way to do it. Pharmacy refills are another way where you track whether the prescription was filled and, and taken out. But what we're doing is tracking medication adherence in real time. Using a smart pill bottle, where you dump all the medication in, there is a weight sensor at the bottom of the pill bottle, which registers uh, individual pills being removed and taken. So not only that happens, but when uh, the weight sensor measures a change, it transmits information via a cell signal to an online portal. So we essentially have real-time medication adherence data, which we are then using to inform our intervention. So. I am telling people, well, not me, but also the team um, are telling people, you took your medication as prescribed yesterday. You did not take your medication as prescribed yesterday. So we can titrate our intervention based on actual performance. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. We're incorporating a lot of very theory-based things from the Even Behavior Change Project, which is a group that breaks down behavioral interventions to its component parts. So we actually have in our intervention components that relate to all those kinds of behaviors you just talked about. When it's You know, there's it's a multi-component intervention that addresses those different causes of medication non-adherence and provides feedback on real time. So the goal is to hopefully really if you're if you're frazzled and you're forgetting or, you know, to help build a system where you do take your meds.
1: This is exciting. I mean, it's amazing, Brian, what you're doing uh, and Northwell and what the foundation is doing. Tell us a little bit more about the outpacing impossible campaign.
0: Um, Yeah, so that's a a system-wide initiative to uh, generate philanthropic or a higher level, we hope, of philanthropic support across the enterprise the, you know the word that um mark um, that Emmett has used in the context of td bank that i've heard him say and i know this for a fact time and time again is community um you know they are based they are of and they are thoughtful about the community and this campaign and our organization at the end of the day is a community organization we are the components of so many different parts yes we're the largest health system in the region but we touch millions and millions of lives. And so what Outpacing the Impossible is about, is about generating support for the communities, from the communities, across the enterprise. And in the context of this campaign, not only are you seeing new buildings go up, which is, of course, important, you're seeing projects like this come to life. Our research initiatives, which have been a little bit under the radar, as has, frankly, the entire organization, despite our size, uh, is being elevated. And people are coming to understand from a research perspective, just use this one example, and this is really ultimate what this campaign is going to be about. When you think about community, what other organization can engage with so many people from so many disparate organizations in an enterprise, in an effort, in order to deal with things like health disparity? The answer is simple. There is no other organization in America that can do what Northwell can do. And at the end of the day, I think this outpacing the impossible campaign is about that, about what we can do with those and for those communities. That's awesome. Emmett, when you hear um,
1: this talk and you had mentioned it before about communities, why is it so important for an organization like TD Bank to have healthy communities?
2: So, look, we're, you know, we're your neighbors. We operate in the same community in which Northwell operates in and which all these institutions which we support are in. You know, and I do think companies across, you know, all industries are increasingly understanding the importance of giving back uh, to the communities in which they do business. Um, we look to see if our support will help create meaningful impact and greater equity. And you couldn't have a better example than, you know, what um, Mark is working on here. Um, finally, say is it's so important for organizations like TD and Northwell to come together. You know, I, I, I think because together, you know, we have the resources and the expertise to really address these inequities, to improve healthcare outcomes. Uh, and to ultimately create a more sustainable, inclusive future for everyone in that community. And that's why it's so important.
1: Yeah, and I I want to ask you a question. It's the same question I asked Brian. I asked Brian before about is important for other healthcare organizations to get involved with philanthropy. What about you? um, You know, is it do you talk to other banks or businesses about the importance of doing what you're doing?
2: You know, I think the importance is, you know, at its core, you know, this corporate citizenship that's thrown around, you know, it's really about customers, colleagues and communities, you know, and as I've mentioned time again, you know, I think we have a responsibility to show up in the communities in which we operate and to be a driver for positive change. Um, you know, and I think we have that unique culture of TD where our colleagues across the entire footprint are really passionate and want to get involved, you know, in supporting their local communities and, um, you know, and whatever change that they can bring. You know, you know, we have a lot of people who show up to the Northwell, you know, annual walk, um, yep. you know, and we have just people that really just want to get engaged. And institutions like Northwell give us a lot of opportunity for that. So, you know, I think being a really good corporate citizen is more than just supporting causes, you know, and organizations financially. It can really mean, you know, being inclusive and sustainable policies and practices that you can embed into your business and creating opportunities for your employees to to give back um individually uh, and i think you are seeing a lot of organizations you know realizing that um you know it's it's really you know it's it's not just good for business you know it's good for our customers it's good for our colleagues and it's really just great for the community and there's that word again right
1: with 165,000 donors uh tell us about the various types of donors we have we have Emmett here today from TD Bank, and there are also individuals like Leonard and Susan Feinstein who donate because of firsthand experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think about this one hundred and sixty five thousand organizations and people have made a gift to Northwell Health in the last few years. That's a lot of people. Right. Uh, which is a great it's a great corollary to what we've been talking about. This is a community that's reaching out to us. They're they're connecting to us. And people who have supported this campaign thus far include people who have given us literally tens of millions of dollars of their own wealth, which is extraordinary. And other people who have given ten dollars or $25 dollars and organizations like TD Bank who have partnered with us and you know um, Emmett em mentioned the health walk because this grant is significant but not the only thing that TD bank does and I'll, I'll take it a step further there are there are people who work for TD Bank who are participating in this walk and and they're writing personal checks to Northwell Health so they're committed to the organization they understand what we're doing and um, they're trying to make a difference for a lot of people, it, for a lot of people has something to do with their own personal experience. So they've had a, a health situation and it's prompted them to wanna to give back. But for other people, and this is this grant is a perfect example of that, they, they're looking at this from a much bigger perspective. They're looking at this from the societal perspective, from the civic duty on what can we do to make society better. And there's a lot, a lot of people who are committed to us uh, in that space, 165,000 and more. <laughs> We're not done yet. It's awesome,
1: Brian Lally. Dr. Butler and McCollin, thank you so much for joining us here on 20-Minute Health Talk. And for you, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Rob Hoyle. Have a great day and stay safe.
2: Get more expert insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20-Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.